Welcome to Sustainability as a Mindset, a 74 podcast series exploring new directions to perceive our world through a sustainability mindset within a multidisciplinary framework. My name is Sinem Çelik and I will be talking to leading names from various disciplines to imagine how we think, act and work together for a sustainable future ahead. Hello, uh, today I have a very valuable guest joining us from the US, Emily Viola from Futera. Futera is a change agency joining the magic of creative and the logic of strategy to make sustainability happen. From the beginning in 2001, they set the mission of making sustainable development so desirable it becomes normal. The team is based in London, Stockholm, New York, and Mexico City, and serve clients including Google, IKEA, Danone, WWF, Sierra Club, and the United Nations. And Emily Viola combines over 20 years of consumer insights and brand planning with the study of market dynamics and future technologies to help us bring about a world where sustainable choices are the desirable default. She has led strategic planning on projects that engage a variety of demographics, specializing in Gen Z, millennial, and multicultural audiences. So Emily, it's such a pleasure to have you here. Thanks for joining us today. Hi, thank you for having me. Thank you. Um, so I really believe that Futera is, is a unique example in the world of advertisement and communication. And I really respect the mindset. So you claim yourself to be on a mission to change the world for the better. Um, so I would like to start with understanding the difference between being a creative agency and a change agency. That's how you change the whole literacy around. And what does it mean to be a change agent? That's such a great place to start because it really does start with the foundational reasons for our existence. And as an independent shop, um, we are fiercely uh, creative, fiercely independent, and we're also really proud of our status as a B Corp. And as a B Corp, it allows us to prioritize the impact of our work and the joy that it brings over the income. Um, while income is important because it helps us keep the lights on, it is not the reason we are in business. We are not a business with a mission. We are a, a mission with a business. And in our case, that mission is really about making sustainability so desirable, it becomes normal. And now as it becomes normal, we're pushing that even further to say, how do we make things even better? How do we imagine a future that isn't just is sustainable, but is a better place to live for all people? And then what does it take to make that happen? So that's really what we're in the business to do. And the fact that we do it through creativity, communications, strategy, and consulting is really more of an incidental way that we can make our biggest impact. One of the things we believe is that 
the world is going to take everything that we have to give it in order to save the way of life that we want to preserve. And so that means that we need to not just look at kind of the potholes in our path, but we also need to figure out where can we put on our capes um, and where can we join the fight? And so if you're Google, maybe you're using data for good. If you're Amazon, maybe you're using your distribution for good. If you're BlackRock, you're telling people how to um, set up their companies in order to be invested for bettering our world. And we at Futera, we happen to be experts in sustainability strategy and communications. And so our job is to use that to make the world a better, more sustainable place that we all feel great about. That's really interesting. Uh, it starts with a mission rather than a business. So, and that makes the whole difference. And um, Emily, there's also a rising need and actually pressure for brands to be purpose-driven and uh, at the same time manage to be authentic about their values and their claims. Um, so the traditional marketing as we know it has changed a lot in the direction of impact marketing and social issues. Um, also the new audience and conscious users now need honesty and justice when it comes to communication. So there's a huge transformation around. And how do you see the changing language of communication? And what are the new strategies around it? How do you see? It's interesting because I've been in this industry for a long time. And in my early years, we were taught that a brand isn't just a name, a brand is a promise. It's what you're promising um, to consumers. And over time, we, we saw that shift from promise really to purpose. A brand is not just a promise. It really is uh, a, a living purpose, a, a reason to be in the world and the vision that you have of, of that. But now what we're seeing is that being pushed even more so that purpose is no longer enough and that consumers um, and customers and B2B audiences are demanding proof, not just a promise, not just purpose, but proof at the product level and about every part of your product, not just the end product at hand, but every part of its step throughout its entire value chain, how the ingredients are sourced, how your factories are making these items, what the impact is on the communities in which those factories are based, how are the workers paid, how are you marketing this product, what kind of images are you putting out into the world, and then after the product has lost its original use, how are you thinking through the disposal of that product? Are you designing for disassembly? Are you helping take the burden off of consumers to live responsibly by being more responsible in your production? So all of these things have become the burden for brands. And that is a good thing because we can no longer assume that trust is something that can be purchased or bought through big advertising spends. It must be earned through the hard work of being a beneficial influence on our society. That's really um, very interesting that you say from promise to purpose, and now it's all about um, proof as well, because it's also during my practices about sustainability, it's really about the data, the whole value chain has to be transparent, and that's how you focus um, as well. And um, I now that leads me into um, the strategies, the sustainability strategies, because in this consumption-driven world, we are 
so used to engaging the growth strategies tailored for brands as a success parameter and guiding their whole marketing campaigns and um, uh, strategies. Um, however, and obviously, this changed a lot today. So we now have new parameters to consider and this also needs to, it's like a total mind shift. So sustainable strategies usually fail unless we comprehend this totally new approach of mindful growth. That's how maybe we can define as. So my question is, how uh, or what do you think about this conflict of growth versus sustainability? And how can brands manage to have both in a safe and healthy way? The concerns are valid because many things that drive efficiency um, require us to either pay more money for the resources that we're using that are more sustainable or to make other changes. However, I think the problem is that we're looking at this from um, from we're looking in the past and looking at how business was run in the past and how sustainability was an add-on consideration that became an inhibitor of growth and became a problem. What we need to do is flip that so that we put sustainability first as a driver of efficiency, innovation, how we think about what our product is in business to do, and really put sustainable business at the center of innovation. And in doing that, the products that we're creating, the services that we're creating will have sustainability baked in. And because sustainability will be baked into the products that we want to sell, it will naturally um, be something that marketing teams and um, those who are responsible for driving the growth will want to celebrate. So I think one of the big problems is that we are putting sustainability at the end of the line instead of the beginning of the line. The other thing that that shows us, though, or that that opens up to us is an entire new way of thinking about the world. If we really take a moment and as Temple Grandin says, get the suits out of the office and onto the factory floor, we might radically rethink what growth means to our business. For example, could we imagine an endless circular cycle of all new products without any new materials? That would be sustainable and that would also be a driver of growth. Um, as David Wallace-Wells say says, the 21st century is going to be dominated by climate change in the same way that the 19th century in the West was dominated by modernity and industry. This is an opportunity for us. In many ways, sustainability is the biggest growth opportunity of the 21st century, and we need to take the reins and run with it. Yeah, true. It is an opportunity, and that's um, also um, is the way the brands should uh, lead into um, I also want to talk um, more about your campaigns because I really like the way you um, create them. Um, you also share in a very open way, so I really um, find them very inspiring. As I see, as I read from um, some different examples, it all starts with the imagination of a better world. Um, so can you share some of your work, some of your previous experiences with us, maybe some case studies and also the creation process? Yes, we have a really special approach that we call logic plus magic. And um, you're right, it all begins with imagination. And I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about how those pieces come together. Our belief 
first and foremost, is that in order to change the world, you have to first imagine a better one. People can't change to something they can't envision. And so what we want to do is help paint that promise of a better world. And our formula for change and our way of getting there is through a process we call logic plus magic. So we combine the logic of a rigorous sustainability strategy helping organizations create their big vision for sustainability, set their targets and their commitments and their roadmaps to get there. But that is not enough because that is not enough to inspire an organization or to make a statement in a world that returns in that investment in a way that accrues to the brand. And so we also help with the magic of creative communications, building campaigns and branding that help bring that sustainability to life in a way that's relevant and exciting to audiences and to turn that corner on seeing sustainability as a stopper of growth and more um, turning it into something that inspires entire organizations. We do this for big corporate clients, so PBH, Google, Formula One, Grupo Bimbo. Um, and some recent work that we did for PBH was Tommy Hilfiger, where we built their sustainability strategy to waste nothing and welcome all, which is really focused on not only circularity, but also inclusivity. And um, we branded that strategy with this idea that you could make it possible. Um, and that became the campaign for the brand and for their, um, for their sustainability communications. So that's really how we take big ideas and we make them smart, but also simple so that people can kind of fall in love with the world of sustainability. We also do this in our advocacy work and thought leadership. So for example, one thing we did with the UN was translate the UN sustainable development goals into a consumer friendly version called the good life goals to make that kind of information really not just tangible, but accessible and doable for ordinary consumers. So we like to think about our work as um, as we said, you know, we're, we're a mission with a business. So our job is to change the world, not necessarily to win awards. If we win awards along the way, if we win the accolades, if people want to talk about us, that's fantastic. We love it. But our real joy comes from making change. Oh, that's very impressive, really. Um, and it's also nice that you always try to impress or inspire people. So that's where the magic happens. Um, it's it's I think the more important part of the whole sustainable communication is hidden in the translation, the, the right way of translation, especially for the consumer, because it sounds very complex and very depressive as well. So that is um, so important to start with some inspiration. Um, and I also want to get your opinions about the whole you know, the change after pandemic and this post-pandemic um, ecosystem around, because I'm, that's how we all experience the whole system, the industries, the business, the way of working and the territories that we use, used to um, use as a tool before, they are no longer serving, that's for sure. And how do you see the changes in your work, in your area? And any insights on the post-pandemic consumer? Um, how, how do you read them? 
You know, it's it's interesting. In some ways, I think a lot of people thought sustainability was going to go by the wayside during the pandemic. And what we saw is that it just isn't what happened. Um, searches for how to live sustainable lifestyles really increased. People took the time to kind of think about their homes and how they wanted to live and think about the choices they were making in their everyday lives, um, consuming less and getting used to it. Um, so this was a moment, this pandemic was a moment of crisis. In many ways, it is similar to the crisis we are seeing with, with um, climate change. And the thing about crisis is that it doesn't always mean disaster. It really also means change. It is a point of divergence, a pivot, an opportunity. And I think what the pandemic gave us was this moment of pause for many of us, a moment to reconsider are we going to build a sustainable future or are we just going to fall into our future as future dinosaurs? And so I think what many of us saw was that in some ways the pandemic was somewhat of a wake up call, nature's warning call telling us to pay attention to science perhaps um, and showing us the importance of being able to breathe, of clean air, and more importantly, the entanglement of people and planet and public health and how impacting one impacts all of these things. And we can't separate one from the other. In fact, it's brought some of the vulnerabilities of our production systems into sharper relief. Things mm -hmm. like supply chain have become a household word where people weren't talking about supply chains in the past. And so highlighting that connection of all of the people behind all of your products and where things come from and the vulnerabilities that we experience when we assume that all of the things that we need will be shipped to our house the next day, it really brought some of that thinking um, to the forefront. And while we did see increases in plastic use and increases in, in shipping items from, from amazon.com, we also saw people take much more consideration about the frontline workers, the people along the supply chain, the people behind um, the toilet paper and the chicken that they buy. And that is a really important step forward for sustainability, especially in the social realm, is to understand the connection between the products that we buy and the people who are producing them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And Futura also has a collaborative approach. Um, that's that's also one of the very good sides of the whole um, the framework. I also experienced that you share what you know, what you um, learn with the whole community. And you believe in education a lot. So I, that's how I see is that Futera training is a platform dedicated for this. So I also want you to share your own experiences about this collaboration and the idea behind Futera training platform. The idea behind it is that we would love to live in a world where our work is complete, um, where everyone <laughs> is on a mission to completely change the world for better in everything they do. And to do mm -hmm. that, we need to make the world of sustainability incredibly accessible. Sustainability, as I've learned through this work, is complicated and yet sustainability is simple. And in fact, some might say that simplicity is the highest form of sustainability. If we look at the words written in the simplest places in nature, it's really just about inputs and outputs, sources and sinks, causes and effects. And you shouldn't 
need to have a master's degree to figure it out because we can't afford to leave anyone out of the equation. We need all of us. We need every single person on this planet to feel like he or she has a role to play in this world and that what we're saving is a way of life, our human race in a race to save the planet. What uh, Yuval Noah Harari talks about in Sapiens is that collaboration is one of the great traits that make uh, Homo sapiens sapiens. So our two greatest gifts are collaboration and storytelling. And the only way we can write a better chapter for the next age of the human experience is to work together and to create narratives, new stories, and a new promise of better. And so we see our job as bringing people together less, um, othering, more togethering, less reliance on um, extreme levels of education and more um, making information democratic and simple. And if we can help push that forward, then that's one way we've done our job. Yeah, that's that's great. So I also recommend all, all of our listeners to, to have a look uh, because you have a, also a very nice blog and you share through your social media so that's very helpful to simplify and um, know more about the impacts, the sustainability, um, which I totally agree with you. So that's the key part. Um, so some final words uh, on how do you see the future of branding and communication marketing world? I think there's a lot of promise. I think our sustainable future looks really exciting. And I think the future of, of marketing and branding is part of that, but it's a different role. It's not about um, persuading people to buy your product. It's about engaging with people in communities and serving them through the products you're making, through the products you're selling. and expecting that by being in business, you are enriching our world, not polluting it. Um, I also think that it would be a shame if we didn't see this as a great opportunity to bring humans together. Rebecca Solwit talks about this idea in her book, um, A Paradise Built in Hell. She says that human beings are at their best when much is demanded of them. And never has more been demanded of us than right now. And if that's the case, then this is our opportunity to be at the best we've ever been. This is our opportunity to write the next chapter of the human experience. And this is our opportunity to make the sequel of the Anthropocene even better than the original. And so um, how do we do that? Well, the first thing is to believe it can be so. And I hope that we can influence people um, that the future and sustainability isn't just about what we're taking away. It's much more about what we're giving to humanity. Oh, really a great closure and uh, giving hope. So that's what we all need these days. So yes. thank you very much, Emily. It was really great uh, having this chat with you. Um, it's all very inspiring what you shared with us. Thank you very much. It was so great talking to you. Thank you.